Blue is the color. Welcome to the FPL Blues podcast. I'm your host, Brian Chin, joined with my co-host, John Buxbaum. How are you, John? I'm doing great, Brian. Nice and steamy here in my Brooklyn apartment. My daughter is sleeping, and we're going to preview my white-hot team sheet going into game week one. So I'm excited for this pod. It was great hearing how you're thinking about your starting 11. And so now the listeners get to hear how I'm thinking about it. Yeah, Bucks, this is your sophomore season. So this is the you know second summer that you've kind of built your starting 11 plus your bench. And I think you're going to be picking up on a lot of that momentum and using some of the things you learned last year to really roll out a great starting 11 to start the season. And hopefully it is uh, just a scorcher and we're both coming out of the gates with a ton of points here. So without any more delay, let's bring you Bucks's starting 11. Yeah, I'm looking to avoid that sophomore slump and show that I've learned some things to build on my success last season. And to start it out, like Brian said, I'm rolling out a 3-4-3 lineup to start the season. My goalkeepers are going to be Sanchez at $4.5 million for Brighton and Ben Foster as my bench keeper at 4.0 for Watford. Now, Sanchez has become the template pick. Him and Bachman, the other Watford keeper, are really the best options at 4.5 to my eye. I had considered potentially spending a little bit more going Melier or going both Sanchez and Bachman. But at the end of the day, I just want to have as much money as possible to spend on my outfield players. Referencing a pr- previous podcast, we think that the best moves are to invest your time, invest your effort, and invest your FPL money in the players that are going to have the highest ceilings. And goalkeeper tends to be the opposite of that. So Sanchez is my starter. I'm hoping to not really rotate him because Brighton have some favorable fixtures to start the season. Yeah, Sanchez is a great option. They have the fixtures. They have the underlying stats, especially when looking at last year. I'm a little bit concerned about a few of their injuries that they've been picking up. So, um, you know, not a fully 100% defensive squad at the moment, but he looks to be very solid. And when he took over for Matt Ryan last year, two thirds of the season, he played really well, you know, had over 10 clean sheets. And I'm just kind of curious, you know, if you did go Melier, how that would affect the rest of your team, because I know you have a, a big love affair with him and the French connection that can stop a lot of shots as well. But I, I, I do, I do see the value and obviously just going with, you know, 8.5 million total between your keeper situation and not having to rotate them back and forth. Some managers like to do that, but I feel it's just a pain because when you do have a 4.5 keeper, like let's say if you went Sanchez plus Bachman, and one actually, you know, gets a penalty save against Liverpool and ends up with like 12 or 14 points or something crazy. And you started, you know, Sanchez versus uh, Watford and he got two points. You, you'd be kicking yourself. So we're trying to avoid that kind of stressful goalkeeper situation throughout the season because I think we're going to have lots of stress elsewhere across the team. So I like the Sanchez shout and so does the FPL community. Yeah, minimize stress. And and also, I just think that I don't want to be making decisions at my goalkeeper position. I think that there is a real likelihood that Ben Foster will get some games. So he's, in my opinion, the safest backup option for FPL purposes at 4.0. And with that, I'm going to go on to my defense. 
Now, I know, Brian, you went pretty big in the back line. I'm kind of thinking the opposite. I want to have three set-and-forget guys and then potentially two guys that are more on the fringe that are cheaper options. So with that, I have Trent Alexander-Arnold, one of the first names on my team sheet at $7.5 million. We don't need to wax and wane about his virtues. Liverpool have a great run of fixtures. He's a creative darling coming up into the attacking half, and he's on a lot of set Love pieces it. and corners. So he's a lock. Next, I have Luke Shaw at $5.5 million for Manchester United. As Brian mentioned, he's actually owned by over 50% of the over 3 million FPL managers at this point in time. So he's a lock in my team as well. I think the effective ownership is a little scary because if you don't have him and he hauls, you're going to be punished. But he's not really... I want to know what the effective ownership is of British folks who own him because after his performance in the Euros, I feel like every single you know, English person or manager is going to have him in their squad. So that's kind of crazy though, because I, I, his ownership last year would have barely eclipsed 25%. So to have it be 50% to start the season is, is absolutely bonkers. But I think, like you said before, he's probably underpriced. He's probably a 6.0 million player. So it's a no brainer for FPL managers to have him with those fixtures in. Yeah, it's uh, the combination of Man United fans and British loyalists, uh, both combining to just (laughs) skyrocket his ownership. Next on my team is Vladimir Sufal, Vladdy C. He's five. Oh, Vladimir. Yeah, he's five million. I think that's a great price. He's very attacking for West Ham. They have some favorable fixtures. And he's just a name that's kind of priced at a place where he lets me get a lot of the other players that I want in my team. So I have to admit, I have considered bringing in Ruben Diaz or even downgrading at this position to a Veltman, but I'm scared away by doubling up on Brighton. I just That's too much Brighton for my blood. And, <laughs> you know, there are some other guys that are on the fringe of my team at Nori from Wolves. I just don't see it for Wolves. I think they're going to be bad all season. And then also maybe downgrading again to like an ailing from Leeds and the ailing conversation is kind of, I want to have the flexibility to potentially bring him into my squad for $4.5 million, And that explains why I'm not actually going for Melier. I think there's better value in having ailing versus Melier, and he's 0.5 cheaper. Yeah, interesting thoughts there, Bucks. I think I just wanted to add that looking at Sufal at 5.0 versus Cresswell, I think Sufal is the better choice. He had nine assists last year and is just a little bit more attacking when diving down the pitch. You know, Cresswell relies on the corners and those free kicks to cross them into the box. And hopefully Suchek or somebody is on the, the header end of that. But Sufal also, like I owned him for a bit last year. He hit the post like three or four times and he could have easily had a couple goals. And that would really boost his, his FPL totals. So I'm expecting him to continue his great play. He links up well with Antonio, which I also really like. Um, So that's something that hopefully we'll see West Ham continue to improve upon and is a a good combination. Yeah, and I think Sufal is a bet on goals, whereas Cresswell is a bet on assists. So that's just my thinking. And for 0.5 million cheaper, again, I want to spread that into other players. And one of those other players is Ben White for 4.5 million on Arsenal. He's a Brighton player who switched teams for a major fee in the offseason. And just a pro tip, there are reports out right now that Rob Holding, who could be his running mate at Arsenal, 
is in rumors to maybe be catching a fee to go to Newcastle. So something to monitor there. But I think Ben White is nailed in Arsenal squad. They were actually one of the better defenses in the second half of last season. And he does have a little bit of attacking threat. This kind of breaks my rule of not going with central defensive players. But I just think that spreading it out to have more teams, more good defensive teams in my back line was what attracts me to Ben White as opposed to some of the other players like a Veltman, like an Ailing. I just know that Arsenal are historically, based on last season, a better defense than those other teams. Yeah, and he's he's improving with that side for Arsenal. He's a player that is going to play all the minutes, so you're not really worried about him you know, getting rotated or obviously at that transfer fee or getting injured. So I think he's just a solid pick. It's really a kind of almost a set and forget pick um, for the rest of the season at that price tag. So I love that there are other 4.5 options that you can also move to. And that's one of the beauties of the pricing this season. There's lots of choice if you did want to go cheaper at the back. So can't can't uh, knock you for that choice there, Bucks. Yeah, and to round out my back line, I, like Brian, have gone for the Greek freak, Simikas of Liverpool. <laughs> so I've been tinkering. I've had drafts where I have Jota as my third Liverpool player. But I just think Simikas at $4 million, he's going to play, reports suggest, in the back line for Liverpool. And all I need is a couple returns in those early fixtures, and he'll be well worth it. He can then sit on my bench at $4 million, enabling me to have other players that I want. I just see that if you don't have him, his value is going to skyrocket if he in fact plays those games and those minutes don't go to James Milner. So for me, he's a lock. Uh, I have also been tinkering. Just worth mentioning, there are a number of playing 4.0 defenders. Simikas is one of them. Then there's also Amarte from Leicester. You know, Mm -hmm. Fofana suffered an injury. He was a popular FPL pick. And Mankio for Newcastle. And then there's a gentleman on Norwich, Omo Badele, I butchered his name. I apologize if you are a podcast listener and you hear this. I apologize to you and your family. But all of those guys are actually going to be playing. And then there's even one more, Livramento. He's a Chelsea boy who's playing for Southampton. So you have five guys, potentially. You could have a defense filled with 4.0 playing defenders and just have bang all that extra cash into the rest of your squad. So I've seen some crazy managers toying with that on <laughs> on Twitter, but I, I'm not brave enough to do that. So Simikas is my guy at 4.0 million. There is something to say about potentially going with two 4.0s in your back line. Obviously, Bucks, you haven't elected for that, but looking at Amarte, who is going to be subbing in for Fafana at Leicester. Leicester, a very solid squad, you know, top six last two seasons, and also going with Simikas to start. It could be a very interesting you know position to be in where you don't have to rely on both of them, but maybe you know have one be your first bench slot. And again, this can all be changed by the time you use your first wild card, where the FPL community is thinking, you know, game week seven or so, game week eight. So something to consider if you really are stretched for that 0.5 elsewhere, since there are some decent options here. All right, Bucks, let's move it along. Let's talk about your midfield. How many midfielders do you have? Tell us right now. So I have five, but on my short list, there's about 10. So <laughs> I'm stuck in that uh, tinkering, uh, awful, yicky space. But uh, my guys right now are Sala, Bruno, Mason Greenwood, Rafinha, and Brownhill. So 
Salah and Bruno are locks in my team. I have tinkered with the Bruno setup where I'm going to forego one of the players that I dislike watching. But just with Man United's fixtures and the fact that Rashford is out with injury, Lingard is out with COVID, he's going to play. He's going to play a ton of minutes. So I'm Fernand, yes, at this point for Bruno. And between him and Greenwood, (laughs) I feel like I have the Man United triple up for their opening fixtures. I also have the Liverpool triple up. I think those two make my team looking to maximize the early points from those favorable fixture runs. So Salah, Bruno, both at, sorry, Salah's at 12.5 million. Bruno's at 12. Greenwood is 7.5. And then as Brian mentioned, I have Rafinha. He's a lock. He's 6.5 million. And lastly, I have Brownhill from Burnley. He's a cheap enabler. He'll be on my bench pretty much all season at 4.5 million. I just think the one that's kind of still up in the air from those five are a combination of Mason Greenwood and Brownhill. There are situations where I could downgrade one of my strikers to have five playing midfielders. And some of the guys I'm considering are Harvey Barnes at 7 million, Mason Mount. Ooh, like that. Yeah. Like that. Mason Mount, who's my boy, he's 7.5 million. I think Chelsea, you have to bet on the upside if. Lukaku is going to fit into this team. Mason Mount is going to have a clinical finisher to be passing the ball to. And that's a great value. He's a lock. He's going to play every minute. So I love that play. And then yeah, that's, a, that's a big if Lukaku comes. And honestly, when you were reading off your team names, I was expecting you to say your, your lover boy, Mason Mount, not Mason Greenwood, you know, his, his English countryman. So I, I'm a little curious to see come first wild card or when Chelsea's fixture swing, if you just move Greenwood straight to Mount uh, when those those turn for Chelsea and we get a little bit more data on that team. Yeah, there's way too much red on my squad team sheet right now to be fully comfortable with, but uh, it's, uh, it's the bitter pill I have to take to make the team that I think is going to perform best. Well, at, at, at that price tag of 7.5 bucks, like you could have Jota or you could have Greenwood. Let's discuss why you went with Greenwood instead of Jota for the listeners. Sure. So it's twofold. One, I think that Cavani is still on the beach somewhere and he's coming back from a very busy off season. And then there's just less competition for minutes. I feel like for Greenwood because Rashford is out because Messi Lingard is also out. He doesn't really have a quality proven backup. So I think that, I'm just betting on Man United. I want the triple up there. And listen, Jota's looked amazing in preseason. My concern is, honestly, so is Bobby Chompers. So is Bobby Firmino. He's had a couple goals. And I'm just, I want to make sure that my team, my full 11 starters are all going to be starting game week one and ideally game week two. But let's just focus on game week one. And I'm just not certain that Jota is going to play the full 90 ever let alone be the first name on that team sheet for Liverpool uh, in the middle of Mane and Salah. So that's what's kind of pushed gotcha, me off gotcha. Jota. I I would say if if there was a player I'm considering instead of Greenwood right now, it is Harvey Barnes. He's looked incredible in the preseason. He's 0.5 cheaper. And so there's, there's iterations of my team where I downgrade Ben White, and I downgrade Mason Greenwood and I upgrade Brownhill and then I can go with 3-5-2. It's still not set in stone. Let's just leave it at that. That's that's my midfield right now. 
But uh, I definitely think the three five two is a very appealing lineup. So I can see the allure with the quality of the mid price midfielders to kind of orient your team around that setup as opposed to having three up front or four in the back. Yeah, all good points. I think for Greenwood, that pick with Rashford out likely having shoulder surgery, he's going to miss you know a couple months at least with that. And Sancho hasn't even trained yet with Manchester United. So he really has less competition. Whereas Liverpool, like you said, they have a very healthy squad right now, especially in those attacking slots. So there is going to be more competition. Um, so it's, it's interesting that you've gone that way. But yeah, it's a lot of red on this, uh, on this uh, team sheet I'm looking at. So why don't you jump into the forward line? Yeah, so for my forward spots, I have Danny Ings at 8 million, new arrival at Aston Villa. I was really hot on Ollie Watkins. I love their opening three fixtures for Villa. Yep, same here, same here. And unfortunately, he got a small injury, and it looks like it could be a muscle injury. And you hate to see that for a guy whose game is kind of focused primarily on effort and hustle. So Watkins straight out of my team. I'm also considering Bamford for this spot, but I just think that Danny Ings has much better fixtures and a much better finishing rate. So they're both 8 million, so they're easy swaps. Next up in my team is Mikel Antonio, or as I affectionately like to think of him as Miguel Antonio. He's (laughs) 7.5 million. And lastly, I have even Ivan Tony at 6.5 million. He's a budget darling. Uh, My team is, is very pro- Red and also very pro uh, the USSR in their name category. I have a Vladimir and an Ivan. So uh, take that for what you will as a US-based Chelsea fan. But uh, I'm crossing over to enemy lines to set up my team for utmost FPL success. Yeah, it's it's 2021 bucks. We we love to travel. We love to meet these new people. So glad that you're including everybody you can in your squad from different nations. So I think looking at this, Danny Ings coming straight into Villa like he signed on like a Thursday and he scored on like a Saturday, right? So that's what you love to see. He's going to be integrated. He's going to be the point man. And his finishing ability is only really second to Kane. He's very clinical. um, And I think this is going to be a really good spot for him as a player. And hopefully he can stay healthy. They have those easy fixtures, Watford, Newcastle, and Brentford to start the season. So yeah, when you have Danny Ings in your squad at 8.0, you can easily move him to... Bamford at the same price tag. So I like that switchability. And then Antonio, he can obviously get injured. You can move to Jimenez come game week four, Callum Wilson. So there are a couple of good options there. I think you and I were both uh, in on Watkins, but having picked up this recent injury and then having Ings join Villa, you know, we think he's going to, you know, finish a lot of assists and some, you know, sloppy rebound plays, but Ings is a much quality, more proven striker. So he's straight in. Buendia, is somebody I think that we discuss a little bit. He picked up a knock recently and was held out of their last preseason game, but that's somebody who, you know, if you would be moving to a 3-5-2, I could definitely see him in your squad in that kind of 6.5 million mark. So overall, I like it a lot, Bucks. Tony is a, is a wait and see for me. I'm hoping he bangs in a few early goals and then I can downgrade Ings to him, you know, come game week four. So that's, that's my kind of tentative plan, but I want to see... Brentford do it. I've never, I've never watched the team. Can't say I watched a minute of them in the championship. 
I watched a bunch of goals of him tapping in, you know, really close range shots. So I'm just a little bit wary. So I think I'm going to come and join that uh, that bandwagon after he proves it for a couple games. Yeah, all fair points. I just I'm scared away by the 4.5 forwards. So that's the only thing really keeping me off the 352 setup and downgrading Tony. I think he's a player that like Brian, not a lot of people have seen. So if he starts hot, I can see you banking a lot of extra 0.1, you know, week in week out as players try and get on the bandwagon. Just two quick things I want to just touch on. My team, like Brian and I have said, is very red jersey color heavy. I have three Liverpool, three Man United, and two West Ham. Notably, I have zero players from City, Chelsea, and Everton. So I just wanted to touch on that really quick. What do you got against the Blues? This is the FPL Blues podcast, and you got no blue in your squad. You're giving our listeners out there the wrong impression of you, Bucks. I'm just saying. Yeah, so Everton is actually a complete stay away from me. I think DCL has a knock. Their midfield seems to be in shambles. Sigurdsson is like, we don't even want to talk about that. James Rodriguez wants out of the squad. And Richarlison is, you know, still busy, you know, cleaning off his gold medal from the Olympics. So he's going to be missing a couple games. So I just think the combination of DCL and Dean, who are both very popular with FPL managers, Who's Dean going to be crossing the ball to? So it's like they're both complete stayaways. They Andros Townsend, of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> recent they're... signing. Demar Demari Gray, clinical, you know, false nine. Exactly. So Everton is a complete cross off. Chelsea, I just want to wait and see. I have tinkered with having Kai and with having Mason Mount in my squad. Those are kind of the only two names in consideration until we get pricing for Romelu Lukaku. The great, the great mm-hmm. Romelu Lukaku. So I think he's someone, and Chelsea are a team that I'm going to really dive in deep with uh, once I wildcard, whether that's early in the season or if I'm able to be patient until after the international break. And just the last thing with City is, you know, part of my mentality for attacking this current season is, you know, last year I wildcarded really early. I think I did it in game week four. So this year I want to be more patient. And I just want to invest my funds in players that I know are going to play. So that's what's kind of scaring me off City. Ruben Diaz is someone I've been looking at, but he's too expensive at $6 million to have Sufal, Shaw, and Diaz with Trent Alexander-Arnold. It's just too big at the back. That's not a style that I'm going to enjoy rolling out for FPL. So that's kind of why I've crossed off those three teams to start the season. Yeah, no love for uh, Chilwell, potentially, at, at 6.0. I think he's somebody that I have my eyes on for a more big-at-the-back situation, especially if Alonzo moves in any kind of transactions before the Game Week 3 transfer window closes. So keep an eye on those transfers. Bucks and I will probably do a quick little kind of uh, roundup of the transfer news coming up in the next couple of days, and we'll share that with you guys before the official Game Week 1 Season starts. Set your lineups. The first game is on Friday, the 13th. And follow us at FPL Blues Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, where you can join our free FPL mini league. We're going to be giving shout outs to the players there. And if you listen to the podcast and want to hear your name up in bright lights, Brian and I will be giving regular commentary on performances and teams of the week. If you are, in fact, in our FPL Blues Super League. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning in. 
We'll be back with you very soon. Good luck with all those tinkerings, all those screenshots, your teams, you know, feel free to engage with us. You know, we're uh, rate my tool, living human AI devices that we can help uh, give you some feedback on. So please engage with us and ask any questions along the way. And we look forward to really kicking this damn thing off, Bucks. I am stoked. Let's do it. Can't wait. Great pod, Brian. Thanks, everyone.